What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. And we've got another episode for you this week, week 11 of quarantine. Things are looking up in the world out there. Some states are going back to normal, but things have been normal for us. We've been here talking every week, and that is going to stay the same this week. We're going to get right into it, guys. Baseball struggling. They're struggling to get something together here. The 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 players association and what the league wants seem to be um, two kind of opposite ends. Whether it's the salary agreements that they're trying to come to, whether the protocols they're going to follow to try and get this thing done, seems like it's a struggle. I don't know if it's going to happen by uh, middle of June to get spring training going again like they want to. What do you guys think? I mean, now they're saying all these different protocols like. They won't be able to lick their fingers. There'll be no sitting, spitting. There'll be no seats. There'll be no congregating. There'll be no leaving the hotels. There'll be no Uber. All these different protocols surrounding it, plus the discrepancy in what they want for their salaries and what the uh, teams are willing to pay them. Are they going to come to an agreement? Are they going to be able to get baseball played this year? I mean, they're going to come to an agreement, and the players are going to lose. We've always, I mean, I believe all three of us have always been kind of on the owner's side in all of this. Um, but also, if you think that the you could offer the players $500 million each and there's a 0% chance none of them are going to be spitting or doing seeds or dip or all of that, like, little bullshit that's included. Like, it's just not... You're telling a baseball player not to spit? You could offer them a billion dollars a game and that's not happening. Like, it just, it's just... It, it's like blinking to them. It's just part of their life. But, you know, I think... Stuff like that is kind of just ticky-tacky at this point. The All that really matters is how the money's going to break down and, and you know, what the, how they're going to deal with keeping these players healthy and what and the protocol around if one of them tests positive and, and, you know, measures to prevent that from happening in the first place. I think those are the real main issues that everyone cares about. You know, while that stuff might have an effect on those in ways, um, you know, getting get, having that those main things in order is really what matters. Um, but you know, the the po- New York Post released the the uh, that report today that the players union knew full well that there was going to be another negotiation based on how the salary was going to get broken down if there was no fans in the stands, not just if there was uh, limited games, because there was an agreement if there was limited games with fans and everything was normal, it was just a shorter season. But there was stipulations specifically if there was no fans. And the players union and the players have been talking as if that wasn't the case. But the the owners have evidence that that was the case. And, and the MLB has evidence of that. So pretty crushing blow to the players union today. Uh, and it you know the way it looks like from here is the owners are in the driver's seat and the players don't you know have much wiggle room or much to fall back on. I'm sure the owners aren't going to sit here and gouge them and try and you know, really screw them over. But at the end of the day, the, the players don't really have any, if they don't play at all, they're not getting anything. You know, no one's getting anything and no one wants that. So we'll see, but big hit to the players today and players argument. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. <sighs> These players, they just don't get it, man. I feel like it's just fabrication after fabrication. They were going to take the 33% decrease in salary. If there's a limited amount of games, and now it's coming out that it, it was with there's fans in the stands. I mean, I just I'm a little more. Pe- I've I've been 99 to 100 percent sure baseball is going to happen. I'm a little more pessimistic now. I'm probably like 80 to 90 percent. I still think it's going to happen, but these players are just so damn stubborn right now. With with just they're like we signed the agreement, whatever you know. Uh, and anyone that's on the player side, I just feel like they're, you know, they're just talking about, oh, you're on the owner's side, you know, the owner's rule, you know, the owners, they make their own rules. Well, yes, they are the owner of their business. So, yeah, they they do get to decide what, what pet players make and whatnot. I mean, 
I, I get it. The owners have a lot of money. We know they're billionaires. People don't like when you take the side of the quote-unquote billionaires. But, I, I mean, everyone is absolutely getting hurt in this. And, and, and the players think they should be hurt less rather than everyone else, rather than common people, rather than the owners. And that's just not how it works. I mean, it's hard for me to believe they're going to take nothing and, you know, if they don't get to anything, they're not going to make anything. I, you know, have fun telling the owners to pay them once they say, yeah, I'm, yeah, we're, we're not playing baseball. We're not playing a game. I, I yeah, they're, they're not, they be, wouldn't get paid a cent. So, uh, they'll have to cave eventually. Like you said, uh, Dave, with that new information, the owners definitely have leverage. And uh, this could be a real black eye on the sport if they don't get it done. And uh, I don't want to say time's running out, but somewhat is. I mean, it was thought to believe it'd get done in the last seven to ten. A week ago, it, w- it was projected it would take seven to ten days. And I really haven't heard much. Re- we've heard we've heard that there'd be, like you said, the no spitting, the no all these things, no high fives. You know, they are some pretty severe restrictions, but we already, we already knew this. And I mean, it's not any restrictions that the public isn't going through, you know, like I understand it. It's a little more difficult because you're kind of forced to be in closer quarters, you know, just because of the sport and, you know, you're all in the same area trying to play the game, but like, they're not asking you to do anything that they aren't asking the general public to do. And again, it just goes back to like, who are, who are you? Why are you better than us? There anyone else that you were you're the only one in the world that's immune to this fucking situation i mean some of the highest ranking officials on planet earth way more important than anyone in any sport are dealing with these type of ramifications who are you you fucking play baseball i love baseball i'm not like shitting on an athlete i'm not going that whole like you play a child's game argument but like what do you want us to say you're not you don't no one qualifies to be above this and you act you're acting like you are I think the biggest thing too with this whole with this whole thing is that they need to have a season because baseball interest is dwindling. Like let's be real, people of our generation don't fucking like baseball. We love baseball. Like hardcore fans love baseball, but as a whole, people of our generation do not like baseball. They don't watch baseball on TV. They'll maybe go to one or two games a year with their friends. They leave by the 5th inning. They're not like they're not hardcore baseball fans, so if they go a year without a season at this point, they're fucked. Yeah, like, that's I mean, it. and it's like it's, baseball will never be the same again if they don't have a season this year. It, it took a dip in popularity with the millennials, our generation, but it's even worse with Gen Z. Those kids, like oh, yeah. eight, eight, nineteen, twenty, and and below, it's even worse with them. Uh, you know, I see it in the Instagram comments even when I when I post baseball stuff and kind of thought provoking baseball questions. I mean, it's almost a guarantee that like that I'm gonna get a you know some type of some version of no one gives a fuck. It's baseball, you know. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Like, yeah. All that shit. It's some. Yeah, it's it's like, some yeah. version of that. You know. We're in the minority of uh, how much we we love baseball compared to most people. Yeah. Oh, and I, I I feel like I'm I'm not even someone who's like an absolutely diehard baseball fan. I mean, there's people, if our parents, a lot of people in our parents' generation, baseball was all they cared about. They didn't give a shit about other sports. It was baseball and that was it, you know? And I feel like as, even as someone who, baseball is not my favorite sport, but I certainly love it. Uh, and I find myself defending like baseball, like I'm a diehard fan and I'm just trying to like, I'm like, dude, it's just, I like it. Like, I don't understand. I'm not saying it's the greatest yeah. thing in the world, but to tell me that it's like the worst like no i don't i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you it's not the case um yeah but i think i you made a good point tom i think it's really hypocritical of all these players that in the last year it's really ramped up about them shitting on mlb and how they do things and that limit the growth of the game and the popularity of the game and while those merits are right when they have an opportunity to firsthand change that and put themselves in a position to really skyrocket the game and be the only show in town for the next three, four months and they don't do it. You got, and, and the reasons they're holding it up for these childish reasons, they're not even right. They're, they're flat out wrong in their argument and they're doing this thing that they've been arguing against the whole time. You want to talk about building baseball back up and, and making it popular with the younger generations. 
Put it on fucking TV when there's nothing else on. People would yeah. kill for and some look, sports right now. People are itching for sports. Yeah. And, like, with, especially with how big gambling is for, like, the younger generation, like, our generation and younger, like, that's, like, the big ticket. You have yeah. gambling. So if you have one of the only thing that's going to be on every night of the week that people can gamble on, that's going to build more popularity for the sport. And kind of, I think it'll bring a big resurgence to it. Because let's, let's face it, you pull 10 random people, even just to get to, like, 10 males, 19 to 35, let's say on the street, and you ask them uh, who they know, if they know Mike Trout or if they know, I don't fucking know, Lou Williams. Like, how many of them are going to know Lou Williams? Probably eight out of ten and maybe three out of ten yeah, are going to know mean, Mike Trout. I mean, even and if my- they were equal, that says a lot, you know? Right, exactly, and that's the point that Lou Williams is like, basically a nobody not a nobody but to like a random person is a nobody and mike trout is the face of baseball <laughs> yeah it's like when, that's when the no problem we don't even know who the face of baseball is it's almost as if like there there almost is no face and there are no vocal leaders that's a problem for the sport when we have like assholes like blake snell um did we talk about we talked about blake snell last week right yeah a little bit uh, yeah yeah, I mean, um, you know, Blake Snell said what he said, and he, you know, you you can feel however you want to feel. If you don't want to play, you don't want to play, obviously. And, and he, you know, he's talking about making shit, and, you know, he'd be making over two, three million, which is absurd. But, uh, yeah, nonetheless, there hasn't been anyone to step up and say, you know, you know, maybe I feel his frustration, whatever, but, you know, he shouldn't have said it that way, or... You know, just someone to to take the lead on it. We don't know who is it. Is it? I mean, Trevor Bauer is getting more popular, but he, he he's getting a lot more popular. But he's still not number one, and he's not. He doesn't have. The, he has talent, but he hasn't. He's had like one great season. He's not good enough to be the face of baseball, in my opinion. You have Trout, who is in the West Coast, so no one really sees him ever, and he's not in the playoffs. Javi Baez is electric, but he it's not him. Um, uh, Mookie Even Betts is up there, but uh, once again, Judge. I, Judge could be it, but once again, he's always hurt. Yeah, and the fact and that we're he, even having this discussion is like yeah, the it, problem like, in itself. Like the NBA, who who is in the NBA? It's LeBron. Yeah, and hate or love LeBron, like he speaks up for the players, like he spoke or his teammates, and everything. Like he wants to, you know, like everyone I'm speaking to says we want to play, you know. My whole team wants to play. People I'm talking to want to play. Like, he's putting hope in fans saying, we want to play. We're going to try to get this worked out. We're making it known. We're not hearing from many baseball players that we want to play. Like, it's not – and I understand they have to go through severe things with the hotels and not seeing their families, and that's obviously a tough situation in itself. But we're not hearing that from baseball players. I mean, it's just – it's just it's a big it's a big issue right now, regardless of the situation, and it's just magnified right now at this point because the, the, there's no leadership to to say this is what we, I mean. All I hear I hear Tony Clark, I hear Tony Clark, obviously because he's the president of the Players Association, but I don't hear anyone else. So I I mean yeah I mean I've always liked Tony Clark. I'm sure he's obviously going to do what you know he's going to do what's best for the players. That's what he's to do. What it, you know? That's his job. But um, I, I've, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard. Where's Clayton Kershaw act? Like someone like Clayton Kershaw been a stud for years. You know, even someone like David Price. I mean, he's been a big, uh, you know, someone that's known. That's been through downs, ups. Who are the Who are the player heads of the PA of uh, the MLB PA? Like once again, I don't fucking know. You know, like everybody knows Chris Paul is the player head of the. And yeah, the ABA. Chris Paul, and everyone Chris Paul, knew um, another guy. what's his name Derek Fisher was before. Yeah. Everybody, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Why are they always point guards? Derek Fisher, yeah. Isaiah Thomas. They're the floor. Honestly, they're the Isaiah floor Thomas generals. And Chris Paul kind of remind me of each other. They have some similarities. Yeah, I think Paul's not, a lot not, more well liked. Not extremely, but like they're both kind of like fucks. Like. They were both, like, liked at one point, and I feel like their likability has just gone down and down based on, like, the shit they do, like, on the court. Like, I uh, think Chris that's... Paul's, like, a whiny crybaby, and I feel like that's kind of, like, with Isaiah. I, I like, think that's true within fans, 
but I think the difference is NBA players really didn't like Isaiah Thomas. NBA players love Chris Paul. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely yeah. true. Yeah, Chris but Paul's yeah, never been like the bad guy. I, I mean, I still somewhat like Chris Paul, but it was like we loved we loved New Orleans, Chris Paul, and we were like, oh, if he could only get out of New Orleans. And then he's been to like four teams since and nothing's happened. Yeah. In regards to making a, a finals game. Yeah. But he was doing impressive stuff with OKC this year. He really was. He was doing really impressive stuff. He shocked me. And he stayed healthy. That's always that's the thing with Chris Paul. Like there was news there was news right before this that like Knicks were gonna trade for him or something. Like they were you know, and I don't know why they'd want to do that. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Dave, was probably negative, but yeah, I mean an injury plagued oh. old player, I mean Who will be the highest paid player in the league next year? Or Sounds like sounds like the Mets or Jets. Yeah, I mean he's gonna make I think he makes forty four million dollars next year. Something like that. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, Chris Paul. He's neck. Ne- Does he sign that huge deal with the Rockets? Because the Rockets were in, you know, panic oh, mode. Oh, right. You know, yeah. they, they signed, you know, they were in panic mode. They were like, we need Harden. We need Chris Paul. You know, I, who knows? I mean, it ended up being fine for them. They turned Chris Paul into Russell Westbrook, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's a, you know, a fantastic trade off, but like. Definitely they, good for, it's definitely better. They I mean, were, Westbrook they were able to get out of that contract. Yeah, I mean Westbrook's way younger, more athletic. I'm way higher ceiling. Whether you hate hate him or love him, he definitely has a higher ceiling in regard as a player than Chris Paul at his age. Um, and you could argue he's still worth his contract. Chris Paul, you cannot make that argument. No, even as good as he was, he, he yeah he wasn't. You know, Eighteen and eight, still very nice. But I mean, that's not that's not. That's he was like having he was having arguably the best year of his career since he left L.A. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's only three, oh three seasons, but... How do we feel yeah. about the prospect of the NBA coming back? Um, it's Scrap it. It's Scrap gonna it be and t- come back next season. Yeah, I mean, I've always been... If it was my call, that's what I would do. I would do... I would, you know... No, fuck. what I'm saying, do you think it'll return? Uh... I just... I think they want to, but... They I really think want like to, a, I think. Yeah, it's just... Whoever wins, it's like... I feel like the way they're talking about doing it with, like, a tournament or whatever, that's, like, an illegitimate title. Yeah. Like, how are they going to do it? How are you... I don't think what you do it. Tournament? They want to do, like, a March Madness tournament or, like, a double elimination type March Madness tournament. Yeah, I can't say I love that. I would just... Like, I would just... What? I would just scrap... I would just scrap the whole regular season... I still do think you, I, I'm very pro playing the game this year. Um, I would scrap the regular season. Yeah, it sucks, whatever. But tough is tough. You make the first you know. two rounds five games. Go back to five yep, games. Make so the, the first, first two rounds five games and the last two seven, and you'll be done by who knows, end of August. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, they and then suit back up six weeks later. And none of this fucking bullshit. No, no crying that you didn't get time off. You had six months off fuck up I mean, but even, even if you want to give them an extra few weeks who i mean uh, yeah okay I, I, start I, it start it in the second week in november the first week in november you know yeah that's that once again that's fine it's not you know you could compromise a little and it's, it's not going to drastically change things and then in a year you could be completely back to normal yeah and you, all you do is you you add a week on the back end of the season and you you eliminate three to four you add in three to four back to backs. You eliminate three to four off days. Yeah, you know that's just what. It, or you, there's no double off days. You know, you eliminate a couple well, of du- they double off days. They could have that argument. They could. They could. They should discuss that. That should be the thing now. Saying we're not moving it back next year more than we than we want to, or we 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 can. So if we're gonna play and you want to play, you're gonna lose this amount of back. You know, you're gonna play more back to backs. You're gonna have less off days. You know, seven of them less or whatever. Say the number, and then if you want to agree, you agree, and then you're good to go. Everyone's everyone's happy once they get the you know obviously the you know the the health issues and that taken care of. Um, and then if if the players agree, then they still want to play. Then yeah, we play. Yeah, I I just you know I've I've been so you know I've said on this podcast that I don't think the NBA is coming back this year, or I don't, and I didn't think they should. Um, it just, I just don't see it with the, it, like baseball talked about the one location or the, you know, one or two locations playing every game 
And it just think about how quickly they fell off that. That lasted like a week, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, that's not fucking happening." There's no way. That once they really dug their teeth into it, it was like a logistical nightmare. And you're not talking about just getting players there. You're talking about getting a 10 to 15 man coaching staff, another 8 to 10 uh, training staff, plus all the you know the ancillary things, player pieces that go along with a putting a game on. Um, water boys and all that stuff. Like you, it's, you think it's like insignificant, but like the coaches can't be running around with towels after every possession, wiping the floors, you know, like there's a lot of shit that you don't, and people you don't understand Uh, a, a, a single team probably is responsible for 50 to 75 people. All of a sudden you multiply that by 30 and we're talking about thousands of people in one location trying to all stay healthy and uninfected. And it's just, it's it's a logistical nightmare in the best of times. And I just don't, they, they, I've heard the Bahamas, I've heard Vegas, I've heard Orlando. Um, I, there was one more that I heard late earlier this week, but I just don't see it. I mean, I'd, I'd love for them to prove me wrong. I'd love to get some legitimate playoff basketball it's got to be legitimate, though. I don't want to come back and do some bullshit tournament. I don't want to do this full season and then next season is 60 games and starts on Christmas. Fuck that. The point of all of this is to minimize the effect and damage as much as possible. And we have to come to the realization that the answer to that question might be scrapping this season in full. Not just the regular season, just the next game that's played is part of the 2020-2021 regular season. We have to, they have to consider that possibility because I, in my personal opinion, I think there's much more value in maintaining next season than putting together some bullshit title that we're going to argue about for the next 20 years about if it was tainted or not, if, if LeBron wins or Giannis wins or the Clippers win or whatever it is, you know, does it really count against their legacy? Is it, what does it mean? You know, it's just another bullshit talking point that a bunch of idiots in the fan base and fan bases are going to argue over that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, you know, and no one's got the answer. That's the problem. So uh, it's just, it's a, it's something that I think is going to create more problems than it's worth. Um, if they can pull it off, great. But I think, I don't, I think you don't even consider it unless you can do a legitimate style playoffs. And I think a legitimate playoffs is, is nothing worse than five five games, five games, seven games, seven games in the normal format of how the playoffs are run and not and not affecting next season whatsoever. Maybe a week or two, like we said, that's fine. I have but faith in Silver though. I have faith in my boy. It's true. If there's any if there's any commissioner we have you yes. should have faith in, it's Adam Silver. But it's also by the same token, it's you know you also you all, part of that faith is him making the right decision and that that right decision might be realized is what I'm talking about. You know, um, it might not be that he's able to magician some, you know, season and playoffs in at some crazy location and pull this logistical nightmare off without a tick. But it might just be the fact that he's able to realize it, it's just not in the cards, and we have to focus on how to prepare this type of environment for the start of next season, how to get these arenas ready, how to get these teams educated, how to get these players educated, how to get testing ready, how to get medical doctor supplies ready. Um, all of that stuff. Cause that's once you go down that road, it's not like, Oh, we're just flipping the switch and this is how we're going to do it. That, you know, that, that probably is going to take a couple months of preparation. If you're going to prepare for that for a full season and not just like a month or three weeks, like they would be during the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And do we want to even see playoff basketball with an empty arena? That's like, another thing. But I mean, do we want to see that? I mean, we I'm want to see that. Sports I'm, 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 I just, yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I Mar- mean, March Dave would not have been fine with it, but you know, we're we're in a different yeah, world May, now. Mid May, Mid May Dave, Mid May Dave is is like, is accepting. But that's like just watching the um the last dance and seeing that whole how crazy it was in Utah and how crazy, you know, those series were and how into it those crowds were. It's like, oh, I just can't imagine playoff basketball without that. But like you said, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about the last dance. So the last the final two episodes, nine and ten, premiered last Sunday. 
What'd you guys think? I loved them. I thought that was a nice wrap up to it. I thought that was a really good look into those final days of that Bulls team being together. Really good look at the final days of Phil Jackson being the head coach, final days of MJ playing in Chicago, of Pippen, of Rodman. I mean, the Rodman going to do the wrestling during the finals was that's something i didn't know about that was hilarious nuts i mean and how about phil just in the interview being like yeah i have no fucking idea where he is (laughs) like he's just straight up about it and then they're like like, there's an excused absence like no it's not a fucking excused absence what are you what are you talking about this is the finals this is this is the finals dude yeah you would literally need need a death in the family for it to be excused then the like what excuse do you have unless other than a, someone dying in your family that you can miss it? And even for that, Isaiah Thomas's sister died, and then he dropped 50. Like, Yeah, it's so I true. Mean, you just, so it's like Dennis Rodman is the only guy who in a playoff situation at all would be like, fuck it. And I loved his quote. He's like, I'm just trying to party, have fun, and fuck all the women. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what an outlook on life. Phil Jackson, absolutely. I just I feel like I gained so much more respect for him. I yeah, knew about the triangle. Uh, I but when you look at Phil Jackson on paper, you're like he had such immense talent. Pippen, Rodman, Grant, Jordan, uh, Shaq, you know, Kobe. How about Steve Kerr? I never realized how good Steve Kerr was at his role. And like he has the highest three point shooting percentage ever. Yeah. yeah, I think 45 and a half, I think. Like, I think it's 40, like what? Yeah, and he, he won he, four championships in a row? <laughs> yeah. I mean, after this, he like... Won, he won four in a row? Yeah, he won with the Spurs in 99. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, no, he, he... I mean, and I didn't know about that with his dad and, and, and all that shit. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, I knew his dad died in a terror... They always describe it as a terrorist attack, which I... I, I mean, I guess that's what it technically was, but, like, when you think terrorist attack now, you think there was, you know, like, a bomb or, you know, some type of, like, coordinated explosion or, you know, like, caught in the crossfire and, you know, wherever he was. Like, I didn't know it was a straight-up, like, two guys walked up to him and executed him, essentially. You know, that's that's at least how they described it in the, in the documentary, in the footage we saw. But I, I thought, to me, if you... If you look at, after watching that, if you're telling me that anyone is a better NBA coach than Phil Jackson, I can't take you seriously anymore. Like, I just can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to have yeah. to have three three-peats. Like, yeah. Three three-peats. Like, three, to three manage. Peats and just the personalities. I and mean, people forget about what all the drama that went with Kobe and Shaq right after that. Right. Yeah. And it's like three three-peats, three but three three-peats with... Two years in between one, two years in between each. He had the two years between the Bulls, two three peats, and then two years between the Bulls and the Lakers. Like what? He won nine championships. Everyone, thirteen years. Everyone was hard to manage. Jordan may have been one of the easiest ones, but like Jordan's punching people in practice. You're like, how do I handle this? Yeah, Um, he's an easy one, and he's knocking teammates out. And he's punching people in practice. Rodman, you know, who knows where Rodman ever is, where his mind's ever at. And, and then Pippen you is, you Pippen know, Pippen's screwing around. Pippen's, I mean, I think they tried to make Pippen look good in the last game with like, oh, he's playing through that lower back pain. What a warrior. Like, no, it didn't work. Like, yeah, what do you have? No Six, joke. eight points? No joke, lower back. But, um, yeah, give me a fucking break. Like, that was, not, that was, that was putting lipstick on a pig at the end. They're like, oh, he's so <laughs> tough, Scotty. Such a tough guy, you know. Same guy, you know, same teammates are saying, you know, he quit on them. Right before, you know, or, or no, that was a year later when they quit on him. But still, the same guys say, saying, you know, I, I, if anyone got hurt from this, it was Scottie Pippen for sure, and the other Kraus guy, the fucking yeah, Kraus, fat fuck. They they look terrible, and Kraus definitely deserve deserves some credit for sure. And then, I, I mean, I just think Kraus was a guy that was largely unknown to basketball fans today like especially all the young kids like anyone under 25 they just probably didn't they had no idea who the gm of that was and what the what the you know deal like i always knew that crowd i didn't know the extent of like how much they hated him but i knew there was always a disconnect between phil and the players and kraus 
Um, but it was crazy to see like how how in their face he was in his face they were about it. Um, but I thought nine and yeah. ten, nine and ten, we finally got that like real behind the scenes, never before seen footage that we were promised when this documentary was announced. I was really wait, you know, we got little t- tidbits, you know, Jordan reacting with the secure, interacting with his security, you know, d- different fans in the in the hallways after games and stuff, some of the baseball footage. But I thought 9 and 10 was really where, like, the good stuff was. Like, them just chilling in the hotel room after the championship in Utah. You know, Jordan playing the playing the, the piano with the champion, the, the title on the seat next to him, cigar in the mouth. Like, imagine being in that room. That, that had to be a moment where if you were in that room, you knew, like, wow, this is really special that I'm, I'm standing here. Um, you know, because... That was even Jordan said it. They were talking. Someone said something like, "Hey, can't wait to do this next year." Some something about the future, and Jordan was just like, "Nah, not just live in the moment. Like for once, just appreciate the moment. Be here." Um, and I think that was kind of he mentioned. He touched about it a little bit, but like Jordan or Phil rubbing off on Jordan, Phil's philosophies um, and and mindset. So I thought that was that was the coolest part about nine and ten. I thought they did a great job of of ending the series uh, and, you know, finishing it off. I liked how they kind of explained or showed what happened to everyone at the end. Uh, but no, I thought it was all in all an awesome series, awesome documentary series. Um, it might not, if you were a LeBron guy going in, it might not have changed your opinion. I don't expect it to, but if you don't have more understanding and more respect for why people think Jordan is the GOAT, I... It's like the Phil Jackson thing. I can't even talk to you if you if you look at that and you're like, nah, I don't see it. Like made him look worse, or may, I'm, I think LeBron even more now. Like you have seen people. You're say just that. an idiot. I don't really get it. You're just someone an idiot. That, that that has you know supported LeBron for a while and and has had had him on his on his team before. Um, I think the way I look at it was it Kendrick it, Perkins. Is we know Jordan is the elite scorer, defender. I still look at LeBron as the better all-around player, and I make a lot of shit for that for people from people. Um, I just think like just the completeness of LeBron's game, but still he's just missing the DNA of Jordan, and and, and he just he's never yeah. going to get that. And it's not that LeBron doesn't give his all. It's not that LeBron doesn't carry teams. It's not that LeBron can't get red hot and, you know, fucking scorch the Pistons for the last 25 straight. He's obviously incredible. But uh, Jordan's the GOAT for for everything we saw in the documentary. Everything. The way, you know, the how much he poured into winning and, and not wanting to, you know, they, they beat the Jazz in the finals 96-54. They wanted to, That's wanted crazy. to destroy I didn't know you. About want, that. He wanted to destroy you. His mentality can't be matched. I mean... It's absolutely his mentality is why he's the goat. His work ethic, his his tenacity, his refusal to to want to to even come to grips with losing or not winning the championship that year. And it's not that other players don't, but it's just it's just he's to the nth level. He's to the to to the to whatever to infinity power. It's just it's it's unreal. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I, don't, I mean, it's hard to. To imagine anyone surpassing him ever, and to me, and that—that's like why, and LeBron supporters don't—they don't consider that part of the goat argument, and I just—I don't see that as a valid argument. I think to discount that is—is absurd. You know, the goat argument to me is encompassing of every possible facet of being an NBA player that there is. You know, and that mentality and the way you go about things, it, that matters. And I think I, Kobe, to me, is the only one, and you guys probably agree, is the only one that comes close to Jordan in that specific area of, of mentality yeah. and mindset. And I don't think he was there. I think it was 1 and 1A. One but I don't even think LeBron's in the same league in that category. No. And, uh, you know, I think there's 50 players in NBA history who have the same, that same level of mentality in that specific area as LeBron. Why, yeah, why does no one talk about, uh, you, you want to, like, I, I think Tim Duncan is on that same level as LeBron. I think any of those guys on the Spurs 
are at that same level as LeBron, if not even higher, because they had like this. They had the same kind of mentality that almost is not as competitive as like Jordan and Kobe, but I mean they had the same like degree of like excellence as Jordan and Kobe. Like they had their system, the they stuck they had the to discipline. it. The discipline they had, you know what I mean? They had that. Whereas LeBron, it's kind of like you saw he couldn't do it in Cleveland. He got close a couple times. Then they did went to Miami. They did that, and it worked out. What they won two in Miami, and then he won, went back to Cleveland and he won with Kyrie. And it's like, I mean, he carried that. Let's be real, he carried that Cavs team. Aside from that last shot, I mean, he carried that Cavs team when they won. Oh, of course. But, but I mean, it was just, in Miami, it was clearly okay. He was there with another like generational talent in Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, and you had Eric Spolstra. Who was this young coach? He had they had their system there, and then I don't know. I mean, like you can't deny LeBron's probably the greatest player of this generation. Oh, does everyone of individual player? Does everyone like, think LeBron is better than Kobe all time? Because I think a lot of it's weird that a lot of people like Jalen Rose think Kobe is better than LeBron, and I, I don't see it that way. I don't. Uh, I think all I, around. I. As an all-around player, LeBron I don't, is. I don't better. even know if I but view as, Kobe as a top-five player personally. He's, I think, he's right on the edge of five-six for me. He's, uh, and no, no. I mean, I don't, you know, I, like I, I obviously it was tragic what happened, and I feel like some people were like, you know, you know, he's right there with the goat, like he's right there. And to me, no, he's 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 not there. He's incredible. Obviously, but Kobe was a part of so many like shitty teams that either didn't make the playoffs or were eight seeds or like like just because Kobe's on your team doesn't mean you're like a a, a a contender to win the title. Like there are tons of teams that just weren't content. Like and if like LeBron has no talent, pretty much or pretty much like you saw with the Cavs, he brings them to the finals. Like he'll bring you to the Eastern Conference Finals at minimum with nothing. Whether yeah. it's Zadrunas Ilgowskis, Varejao, uh, Booby Gibson, I mean, just it's just laughable. Like the player, you know what I mean? I just his all. I mean, obviously the similarities between the two with Jordan and you know Kobe, but Kobe just like he was just a tier below Jordan and everything. Efficiency, scoring, you know. I think Kobe's a forty-four percent shooter for his career. Jordan's like almost fifty. Like. The efficiency, the clutchness, really, it doesn't compare to Jordan. Um, so I, I think I definitely take LeBron. Yeah, I, I, I probably do too. But I, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen to arguments on that. You know what I mean? I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely condemn you if that's the argument you're trying to make. Um, whereas I would if you're saying he's the best of all time. Um, I, yeah. I've always said this about Kobe that he's not the greatest, but he could do things that no one else could. And that, that's inclusive oh, yeah. of Jordan. He could do things that no one else could. Uh, and it just, you know, I, th- and I think like we were talking about the, that mentality and it go it does bump him up a bit. Um, I, I don't think I can say that he's, he's better than LeBron as much as I hate to admit it. Um, but I think I think those kind of outside things, the mentality, um, and kind of his will to win. I think that for me, that does put him in. That the, puts him in the conversation. It yeah. puts him in the conversation, mm-hmm. and he's probably number four or five for me all time. Um, yeah, you put you you put him over over Magic. I do. I mean, I know it's I know it's it, it, a lot. It's not necessarily a popular opinion, but you know who else puts him over Magic? magic and i think that means something i, I don't know i don't know because scotty pippen also puts i mean it's not the same argument scotty pippen puts lebron over jordan which i find weird and then wade puts jordan over lebron i don't Scott. put too much scott stockings i know it's it's magic johnson is just a he's a very positive praiseworthy person when you hear him talk about even isaiah you hear him talk about uh, Magic Johnson doesn't have a bad thing to say about pr- hardly anyone. No. Um, not to say that he, you know, he's always been very giving in his praise. So, to me, it doesn't mean, I I mean, it, you know, I, I would take it with a grain of salt, personally. That's because... fair. And, like, you know, like I said, I, I, I totally get the argument that he's not. I'm willing to have the conversation. Um, but I think also, 
what has to be this is something on positive for both LeBron and Kobe. You have to take longevity into account. That's another thing that's not necessarily a numbers thing, but yeah, it, it matters. It matters. You know, it's not there with Magic. Yeah. It's not there with Bird. It is yeah. there with guys like Duncan, Kobe, and it will be with LeBron. And that's another thing that I think gets slept on is Duncan. Duncan is, I think, you can debate all day Duncan and Kobe. And you, you could can be there you for could. 10 hours and not have a decision, not have an answer. That's with, why I said I, yeah. I think there's legitimate arguments to be made placing Kobe anywhere from 3 to 6 in the all-time rankings. I'm not yeah. I'm over not, Kareem too, or are you saying over LeBron? I'm saying Kareem to me is top three for sure. I'm saying you can make um I I'm saying you can make an argument for Kobe to be anywhere from three to six in the conversation, in the all time conversation. I think if you're placing him seven or higher, I'm I have a tough time listening to that because then you're bringing in guys like Bird to the conversation and i'm just not i love larry legend well let, let me let me let me count quick Le, uh jordan lebron kareem magic uh duncan and then i forgot anyone before kobe like if you were worst case no that would be then six no. would be kobe that's yeah i mean if you're bringing wilt or bill russell in i mean you know let's let's get let's out find of town. a different sport for you i mean i, I don't um, yeah. get how people i i don't i don't Bill Russell, you know Bill Russell shot 44% from his for his career, 15.8 points per game, 44% as a big. And when he was not only a big but bigger than everyone. Mitchell right. Robin Mitchell Robinson you know shot 73% last year. 44% as a big? Yeah, it's terrible. Like you, you like it doesn't happen. Like Dwight Howard shoots like 55%. But like, you know, you got to you got to realize that Bill Russell was playing against generationally talented big men in the 50s. Oh, wait, he was playing against fucking nobody. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, I mean, he, he had a million rebounds because of the size advantage and he's a beast on the boards. But, I, I mean, how can, like, some people say, oh, Bill Russell's the GOAT with titles. Like, how can you be the GOAT averaging 15 points a game? That's like someone saying Manu Ginobili's the GOAT because of his championships and he, yeah. he, Ginobili's put up 14. I think he took 14 and a half a game. Like, like you Robert Ori is Robert Ori top 10 too? Yeah, like, like come on, like c- come on now. It's, it's just not, it, it's it's not a black and white argument. Oh, he's got more titles. Like, oh, Morrison has what does he have? Two or three titles. He's better than you know Barkley. Like, it, like we don't look at things black and white in sports. Like, oh my God, it's just. Yeah, I agree. And let's Wilt, also Wilt, Wilt. I mean, like Wilt, way different than Russell for me. Wilt is oh, way absolutely. better. Wilt, Wilt, Wilt put up the points. I yeah, think Wilt, Wilt, you you like the 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 numbers are there. Like it's just how much do we value them? Wilt also played in. He spent more of his career in a more le, in a more legitimate era. I I really yeah. find the early seventies is when. I'm really starting to take the eras seriously, the talent of yeah. the eras, you know. Mm-hmm. And we can we just talk about Russell? They he, how many teams were in the NBA when he like when eight he eight to twelve, right? Eight eight yeah. teams until his last two years. I think there was nine and then ten. It's when it's, he started it's losing. Crazy and people, yeah, yeah exactly. Going to mention that, and it's then like, oh, you can't discount him for that. Well, you can't account for him that it's the same as you know having thirty teams. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a, a a discount the era thing. I, I'm not a like you can't argue different eras. Like I think you have to count everything in every era and assess how much it means and how much effect it has. I think you know you have to account. Uh, uh, you know as much as you'd say defense was it was harder for Jordan to score back back then. You would say it's harder to play defense now. You know, like yeah. where because of the hand check, I think there's both. It goes both ways. I'm not just propping up Jordan's era or the eras of the hand check or discounting the the 60s and 70s. It's 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 a checks and balances, and there's certain things that are harder and and easier in each era. Um, but I think that only applies once we get to the the you know the early 70s when the athleticism and the the speed of the game really started to pick up. Um, 
you know, it just, I, I don't get, Bill Russell isn't in my top 10 all time. Um, that's, yeah. it's probably, uh, no, no, no. you know, a lot of people won't like that, but you've got to, I don't, I don't find his championships legitimate. And that's really all he has to go on as an argument. Numbers wise, what has he got? No, rebounds against guys that average six, six, four, six, five in height. Or were, you know, tall, lanky freaks that had no athleticism because he was the only athletic big man in the league. Let's also not forget the set. There was no free agency back then. The Celtics, they were the best team. They could just control who they signed, where the talent went. They just did. They ran the league. I it's It was a different league back then. And I guarantee you one out of 10 people who says Russell's a, you know, a top, top five player because of championships knows the situation like that. It's just the amount of uneducated fans historically, or the amount of fans that are uneducated about the historical context of players and the game of basketball and how the NBA was formed and shaped back then, it's astonishing. You ask, you can ask it's, people, but it's also astonishing that people like Jalen Rose that are respecting stuff they have such high regard for these players. Yeah, Ugh, like, like I, like I don't get it, like. Like I'm pretty sure Jalen reason Jalen Rose's top five or six are like I don't like a bunch of people that I respect and they like they have them so high ranked like Bill Russell and I'm just like come on now come yeah. on you're I better mean, than yeah. that have you ever it's watched have you ever watched Bob Cousy play basketball there are guys <laughs> on good high school teams that would destroy him yeah today destroy Lamelo yeah. Ball would make him look like a fucking janitor. <laughs> it's just true like i don't know i've watched full games from that those celtic seasons it's it's a different world and i'm not saying it's their fault that's just how the game some of it is stylistic and some of it is how yeah. the game was played and you can't you know and other part of it is just human evolution but at the same time because of that you can't just discount all of that are we are we discounting you know, Babe Ruth for what he did back then? No. You know, but it's just, it's different in, in ways. You have to, you have to. Obviously what, like what you're saying, like obviously what Hank Aaron did is more impressive than what Babe Ruth did. And then obviously what Barry Bonds did is more impressive than what Hank Aaron did. Not just because he hit more home runs, but because he was obviously facing more talent. You had no, you had no, uh, Babe Ruth had no black Dominican Spanish baseball yeah. players playing against who or Japanese players who are the best players in baseball. And yeah. then Hank Aaron obviously had some of that and then Barry Bonds played against the best of that. So it's like it's the same it's the same it's thing. True. And I think I think and base and baseball's the one where you is the most constant, you know, in terms of being able to compare eras. It's the change the least over the years. Yes. Obviously the talent pool has gotten larger and and better, but in terms of how the game is played there, there really hasn't been much change in terms of philosophy and, and you know, how, making the right play and how to win and how teams manage and think. It really hasn't changed in 100 plus years, 120 years. And that's just not the case in basketball. It's changed. It changes every 10 years. You know, think about, yeah. look at 10 years ago. Like, it's just it's true. It's different when you when you figure out. The NBA changes more than any, any league. And that's why I think it, it contributes a lot to this never never ending discussion of of the goat and the rankings um but you know we'll we'll be discussing it till the day we day we die but it'll it'll change when when jordan dies it'll be a different yeah. it'll be a different conversation speaking of of uh basketball players there was uh, some interesting news i wanted to include about um during the 2011 NBA lockout. The Jerry Jones and the Cowboys offered LeBron oh, James yeah. a contract. Oh man, this this is so Jerry. Uh, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this because um, LeBron was like one of the best football players in the nation as like a junior. I don't think he played his senior year. I'm pretty sure, but we obviously know how big, how fast LeBron. In 2011, he was much younger. Probably what that was nine years ago. How old was he? Was he then? He was like twenty six. I wanted to get your thoughts on how he 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 would have done as a tight end or wide receiver. Um, oh, I think he would have been a monster tight end. I think he would have had his moments. Uh, if if he had 
I just don't think he would have had the time to to acclimate in that because you know he would have played for even if he played for one season like it's still NFL football like he played high school football he didn't play a snap of college football obviously and well, who, how how are you guarding him though that's the like 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 how are you go like he's not like. He's bigger than Jimmy Graham. He's faster than Jimmy. Jimmy Graham was unguardable at one point at the tight end for a few years with Drew Brees. With the right quarterback, he was. It was you throw it up to him, it's a touchdown. He's six six, whatever. LeBron's six eight, six nine. Um, doesn't have obviously the degree of muscle, but four four speed. I, I don't. What type of, you know, there's a big difference between you know six six and six eight. How are you? And 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 you know the vertical with Jimmy Graham or LeBron is isn't even a. You can throw the ball up 12 to 13 feet, and LeBron is bringing it down. And safeties just safeties and corners just literally can't even touch that high. Yeah, no, I, I, don't know I think court- LeBron could have been Jimmy Graham if he was like, yeah, I'm playing football now, and he would have been Jimmy Graham in year two or three. I'm just saying because he only would have played for you know two months or at most a full season, I think there's a little bit of we got to get our feet wet here and adjust to things and get my body in the right football shape and it's a different kind of working out he mentioned that in the interview like he was he had to completely change his workout routine for a couple months to try and become more of a football body um so i think there just would have been a little bit of growing pains but i still think through those growing pains he would have been a solid starting tight end i'm not saying he would have been unproductive at all but i think his i think his ceiling not a wide receiver yeah i think that's eh i mean i think he would have been like a you know like an evan ingram type tight end who who doesn't really block that much? I mean, think about it. You put him outside. You put you put him outside. You got a five eleven corner on him, and just throw the ball anywhere on a slant. He's coming down with it. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, why not just have him run twenty yards, stop, and stand there, and throw the ball nine ten feet in the air, and or eleven feet in the air, and you have an accurate quarterback, and just practice. Hey. 20-yard throws, I need you to hit it in this circle, you know, 11 feet in the air exactly. No other, no cornerback in the league is jumping 11 feet and coming down with that ball against LeBron. He could no, stop yeah. and stare. There's no, That's what I mean. no That's player what in, the in the league. Zone. I mean, in the red zone, I mean, you'd have to double him, I would think. I would think you'd have to double him. And, and still, like I said, you're throwing the ball up 11, 12 feet, he's coming down with it. Or even, even think about this, even working sidelines with his reach, with his arms. I mean, you could throw the ball way out of bounds and he can just grab it as long as he, I mean, I'm assuming he has the dexterity with his feet as watching him play athletically that he could just, you know, he would be able to nail down the, you know, get your, get your toes inbound and, you know, and, and reach, reach out. I mean, I just think there's so many possibities. I kind of wish I kind of would see it so we'd know what it'd be like. It would have been cool. It would have been cool for sure. We'll never know. Yeah, but um, that is going to do it, guys, for the episode this week. We, we always worry that we're going to have nothing to talk about when we throw together these hour-plus episodes. So uh, happy to be able to do that for you guys again this week in week 11 of quarantine. We will be back next week. Hopefully we have some resolution to the baseball ordeal and we have some insight as to when that will start. Um, but until then, you know, just stay healthy. Keep doing what you're doing. We're going to get back to normal one day. But in the meantime, go follow us on the socials. Subscribe and rate uh, the podcast for us if you can. Go to BleachFan.com and check out the store. Um, We all have um, our Bleacher Fan merch. It's great. It's really high-quality stuff. I got uh, a regular hoodie sweatshirt. It's awesome. It's super soft. Uh, My girlfriend and Dave both got the shawl neck sweatshirts. They love them. Got some embroidered joggers. Those are awesome. T-shirts, awesome. Everything is great there. Go check that out and support us so we can keep doing this for you guys. Uh, but until then, we uh, until next week, just take it easy. Be healthy. We'll see you then.